the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? It smells like... Victory. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Oh. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Well, welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. Somehow, Matt Burn on the board. We have Greg Pappison here in the studio, and I'm just reading this. This, uh, uh, I'm going to say that Greg's one of Greg's uh, heroes is Jack. Jack Dorsey, um, big Jack Dorsey, big Jack Dorsey, and uh, so Jack, who just who just pocketed a nine hundred and seventy-eight million dollar payout from Twitter, has uh, it's not a bad week. Or no, has apologized to the thirty-seven hundred people that are getting laid off. That he uh, anyway, S&P futures are up eighteen. Nasdaq futures up forty-eight. He's uh, he's apologizing, um, saying that he he grew the company too quickly. Now he's not. Ponying up any of the nine hundred seventy-eight million to help these people find a new job or anything like that. He just, he just, he's just apologizing because he messed up. But as he pockets his bill, there's you know, definitely some uh, California law implications too. Employment law. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, outrage over the short notice, and I think in California it's a lot different than it is here. Oh, well, you're supposed to give everybody. Uh, um, it doesn't really make any difference, but it's a ninety days notice for mass layoff or sixty. I don't know. I don't really know the rule. Lou would know. But there's something. But, but haven't haven't we understood in this country that if you're big enough and somebody's got money involved, Elon Musk can do whatever he damn well pleases. It doesn't matter what he feels like doing. I don't think Jackson alone in his uh, grow too fast. They they were probably sideways for like ten years. Well, but most of the companies that are you know unicorn whatever they they were increasing headcount proportionally to whatever money was coming in. Well, so, but the problem comes down is that. No matter what, thirty-seven hundred people do something. Yeah, they they show up. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's all it is interesting how people always. I mean, even if you're in a place that's somewhat inefficient, the idea. I mean, I don't think that many people show up to work and do absolutely zero. Maybe Musk has no idea what they do, and figures. If he gets rid of him, he'll never know the difference. But he, he may find find out I that somebody opens the door or something. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just saying he hasn't been there long enough to know what people do, I guess is my point. Yeah, the general trend, though, in that sector where they're down, I don't know, 
tech is down what 50 60 percent well let, let me uh I, I would say that i, I have my, my my cheat sheet right in front of me here this is why i did this way too early Greg. i was mentioning this last week now friday we had a big day up so we had a little bit of a comeback but of course like an idiot i didn't date this but i'm going to say two weeks ago tomorrow i went through the fangs plus on the year now the fang plus is facebook uh, Amazon, Netflix, Google, and then the plus ads, Microsoft. Are right? those equally weighted, or are those? No, it's just I just went through their market cap. Oh. <laughs> Ouch! With yeah, with so the, uh, Facebook. Well, yeah, well, the, mar- the market cap this year, as of a week ago t- uh, tomorrow, um, maybe two weeks ago tomorrow, was uh, down two point nine eight four trillion dollars. Huh. And yeah. since then, in the last week and a half, I'm going to say they're down another four, five, six hundred billion. I haven't gone through it, but when I look at it, when I when I did this, uh, Facebook was 101. Uh, we're talking about Meta, right? And now it's 93. You know, so that's another eight bucks, and they got 2.7 billion shares outstanding. So what's that? Another 20, right? Amazon was 111, and now it's 92. So that's 19 times 10.2 billion. So that's 190, say 200 billion right there. I mean, 25 vol, or I don't know what the volatility levels are for the combined, but it, it would suggest probably somewhere around in two weeks, you know, moving 5 to 10%. Easy. Yeah, and Netflix was uh, 299, and now where the hell is it? It's uh, 262, so that's 30 bucks times a half a bill. That's another 15. Half <laughs> a billion for Netflix. I mean, so many shares they got outstanding. Google, I had it at one eleven, and now it's. Uh, Isn't Google laying off twelve percent? Look at this. Google, I had it one was at one eleven, and now it's eighty seven. That's in nine days, so that's fourteen twenty five bucks times fourteen billion shares. Ouch! That's another five hundred billion right there. So I'm going to say it might almost be a trillion in a week and a half. You know, obviously, some of the rest of the market pieces in the market are up, but this this valuation of these these stocks are just boy, talk about whack, 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 whack. Let me see where Microsoft is. My last one, maybe Microsoft's a winner. Microsoft, I had it at two twenty six. Microsoft's not a winner. No, it's two twenty three. So they're only down three bucks. That's only that's only another uh, seven point five times three is only twenty one bill. They're they're easy. Yeah, for for uh, layoffs though, I mean, Twitter in that space, what. Uh, Snapchat had mass layoffs. I think they did more than 20% or so. That was more than 1,000 people. I think SoundCloud and Netflix. What do you suppose 3,700 people at Twitter do all day? At, at, at Twitter, I'd imagine it's content and uh, curation and moderation. That would seem to... Facebook is definitely the, the leading employer for content uh, moderation. But if you work on the algorithm, I mean... Yeah, I'm a... Uh Getting an inter- international call from somebody who, who who's calling me from overseas this time. I think angry customers. Ang- <laughs> angry. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have any angry yeah, customers. Actually, the last couple of weeks we got yeah, nothing but happy, com- yeah, happy customers. <laughs> we had a uh, real big day on Friday. I mean, uh, anyway, because gold finally made a move, and it's still got a bunch of people in gold. But uh, anyway, but yeah, Friday was uh, if, if you had yourself set up for it. Friday was a good day. And today, I guess we'll be no, we're still long everywhere. So we'll see today's up. At least so far, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this market. Though you sit, keep pulling these pillars out from underneath it, you know these uh, 
uh, you know, these big stacks and stuff. You can't, and the, the fang, you know, drove us, drove us to the top of the mountaintop. I can't believe they're going to come flying down without causing a problem. But right now, it's it's the companies that can that can uh, raise prices, and those are your those are your basic companies. In grains, we call uh, corn the king. I think in Apple, it would or in stocks, it would probably be Apple. And if Apple is Apple's uh, on another two bucks this morning because yeah. uh, the uh, their 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 Foxconn factory is being affected by COVID. I, I'm, it's sort of I, I, you know you know what it's it's really making me feel kind of weird lately is this uh, we just did I don't know if you listened last week we just did a big study on the well we read about and looked into the this thing that was uh, studied from Congress where they're convinced now that the COVID came out of the Wuhan lab, okay, which we th- we kind of pretty much we're know still all talking up. about that. <laughs> well, but it's a uh, it, it was they f- they've come out of uh, a study that was was a uh, Congress essentially said go ahead with, and some guy went through all the things that are out there in terms of all the emails. This is public knowledge, but he he went through the the double speak of the Chinese Communist Party. And he absolutely narrowed down that there was a huge crisis in November. In November of 2019, yeah. but I, I wonder since it got out there, and the only c- country that is still locking people up for COVID is China. I, I wonder if they, if they know. I don't think they know something we do, but we don't. But the response is so different than anywhere else. You wonder what they think. What they think they know, or something. I mean, I just doesn't it seem odd to you that they're still well, doing it? If they that? know more and it's locked down city over there that that's bad that's what i'm saying <laughs> but if if they if you look at how they don't have really that great of therapeutics and in, in vaccines it's just the risk is so much for them that maybe you just lock down because you're the, assuming the vaccines work well the vaccines don't work there or as well yeah and so they have much bigger risk in terms of spread and and uh dealing with the consequences if their uh, healthcare gets overwhelmed. So maybe in their scenario, it's really bad because they know something. But I think more likely, it's probably just they're really scared of being overrun because of uh, their ineffective therapeutics and vaccines. What we what we've sort of shown here is the vaccines help the people at risk, but it doesn't stop anybody from getting it. Yeah, and, and oh, by the way, everybody's going to get it. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> that by the that way. took a a year and a half for them to say <laughs> for us to figure that out. So I don't really, I'm not. The government's going to lie. So yeah. our government is going to do whatever they can to really calm people down. And I'd assume China's doing the same and just well, lacking people up. If they, one guy, they, they let people out of the Disneyland Disney park yet? <laughs> if one person not had high in on there, my they radar. Well, they locked every, they locked it down with people in it. Yeah, they locked it down That's with people in it, not out. Right. It's anyway. I have a question for you. Well, first of all, what's going on with the the barge traffic and the grains? Since you're our man there, the barge traffic and the grains are uh, improving slightly. So there was a little bit of precipitation. Uh, there's a little bit more precipitation coming. So that can help uh, putting a number on that. You know, maybe another foot or two in the Mississippi, and they're still. They're still low. The Army Corps of Engineers is still dredging the, the bottom, you know, creating channels so those barges can get through. But is there alarm? Not really in the grain markets because the prices are just uh, maybe up or down 20 cents and kind of inside uh, a range. You would see those really 
you would hear about it if if anything was you know alarming to us. What do you make of? There's a story that I, of course, saw last night. No, I can't find it in CNBC uh, about these. CNBC. CNBC for the for everybody cheerleading for the, well for those that don't know, we now have really quite a few of these natural gas ships that can actually uh, liquefy and then travel uh, to another place. So you, you can actually export and import over those are water. Very difficult to build. Well, they're difficult to build, but yeah. you know, I thought Greg and I, I don't know uh, if they've made it there or not. I, I tried when to you say a lot, I'm not sure there's more than a thousand in the world. Well, right, I mean, but there used to be like a few, like, yeah, like, like three or four. Yeah. Well, now there's, you know, in in the hundreds, I'd say there is. But there, there was one. Now, no, the way these definitely six hundred or seven hundred. Right. Okay. Sure so, but it used to be that these things, there had to be a a station, for lack of a better term, where you showed up the ship and the station took the natural gas, compressed it, liquefied it, and essentially pumped it on the ship. Right. It, it yeah. Was, it, more more energy and <clears throat> very expensive infrastructure required for those receiving terminals. Yeah, and then when the ship showed up, there had to be a place it essentially, for lack of a better term, plugged into that would turn it back into yeah, that's natural exactly gas you could buy. Well, yeah. at some point I thought somebody was was uh, going to allow design and the ships were going to be able to do that themselves. That the ship you know, the ship had the equipment. In other words, a, if a ship pulled into the, the port here if there was a big enough regular old natural gas pipe going in there, the ship could compress it, liquefy it, and keep it down at whatever, whatever it has to make ice cold, I mean not ice cold, it has to be way, it has to be how many, minus how many bazillion degrees centigrade or uh, Fahrenheit to get the thing liquid, but there, I thought the ship was going to be able to compress and decompress itself, and you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have those stations, but I don't know if that ever made it through to, you know. I haven't been to one, but I will do some research for you and get back to you, uh, on, uh, give me a day or two. Right, because we send you a video or something. Because we cause now the story is since natural gas prices, despite this coming crisis this winter that everybody talks about, natural gas prices are really low, well, r- relative to where they were. So now there's there's something like thirty or forty or fifty of these ships cruising around in the northern Atlantic over by <laughs> like Britain and these places because they're waiting for the prices to go up before they land and offload. Yeah, so some people load up the ships and they'll the marginal cost to keep them going another couple of days, you know, not or maybe even weeks. It's not terrible. So, if you can get that sure they're going slow. <laughs> yeah. If you can get that spike in uh domestic or I, I assume you're talking about the uh Europe and the Iberia. Yeah. Yeah. So, you you uh load up your natural gas and you leave it until you know, you wait for the prices to really spike, and then you deliver. So it's not a new strategy, but some some people, you know, load those terminals up when they can, or load those ships up when they can, and uh, they'll sell the, either the forward uh, futures contract or just wait to uh, have some kind of a squeeze, and then they'll deliver and, you know, make their additional 10%. Well, we've right. seen that happen with oil. We've seen tankers hang offshore, actually... Absolutely. Anchored and then and then all of a sudden, hey, you need some oil? Here I am. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's sort of the right. You know, one thing I we've had sort of had this uh, ongoing. Um, well, for me, it's every, every one of these stories, and that's I don't. Know, that's my either my idiocy or my talent. One of the others, Greg, is I I try and put stories together because to me, it's not an individual story. It's interesting. It's the connection between the two. 
and I, I can't. You, you look at all the politics and all the funny stuff that's going around, and the the positions people have, and you watch the Democrats, and you can see their f- three or four talking points, and you watch Republicans, and their three or four talking points. Basically, all of them are BS, in, in my opinion. But, <laughs> but uh, you're so positive this morning. Chief. Well, I mean, I mean, we, you talk about. I mean, you can go through three or four Democratic guys in a row, or ladies. They all have the same deal. It's women's rights. Okay, I'm not saying that's the strategy. You know, but then the one, the best is the one guy. Who's the guy? The one name guy is it Kwame or what's his name? Kwame Raoul is the yeah. attorney general here. Oh yeah, and he, he you know, and he's talking to the two old people, and they're going, keep keep going, Kwame, and he's and he's going against. High cost of prescription drugs, uh, women's rights, and there's a couple more. I don't know what the other two are. And then the Republicans have theirs. You know, lower taxation, not spending as much. Even though it's the what, economy. Yeah, when they when they were in office, they spent just as much as Democrats. You know, it's, so it's I mean it's total BS. But the weird part of it is is we're we're assuming that nobody knows that the uh, let's see he's running for what uh, treasurer. Uh, Ra- Raul is the AG currently. I think he's running for re-election. Well, yeah, so that, I mean, the idea of of him having anything to do with pres- prescription drug prices, he's fought against them. Everybody who's ever run for Congress on either side for the last fifty years is is has been against and worked hard against high prescription drug prices, and all they do is go up. Well, what's the strategy? I mean, in the same way you were talking about the tankers, you know, what are these yeah. people doing, <laughs> sitting or having tankers just floating out there? Well. It's part of the strategy. You yeah. know, you hit the bid when, when it comes up. So they've got easy, easy, uh, you know, uh, chum. It's yeah, <laughs> easy targets. So what you can do is, oh, the pharmaceuticals, yeah, easy target. Let's let's hammer it. Well, and it, it doesn't I was, matter if it's well. The, the way the way the press is handled, getting on top of the news, and telling, at least your, I won't say the big lie, but the big fib at least. Is is so so ingrained in our society, and it's amazing how many people. I mean, the thing about it, and again, I I know I've been talking about this, but it has nothing to do. I, I really could care less about the Bears. Uh, and but and I know Roquan Smith is a star, and the guy should probably belongs on a winning team. So I'm not I'm not going to hold a tag team for any of these people, right? So, but it's it's astounding to me how every one of the Bear fans that I've talked about. That this Ryan Poles has been on every place he can be on, telling essentially his sob side, his side of the sob story. And the beauty of it is, Rokan Smith, who people don't know, he's representing himself, so he doesn't have some slick tongue agent out there essentially combating the Bears' version of the story. Now, maybe the Bears' version is correct. I don't know. The point is, nobody knows, and and, and everybody, I mean, maybe even Matty Weber. Well, you know, he wanted he wanted he wanted he, twenty for it, five. I think he he wanted elite money, and he's not a rush guy, and only the rush guys get the elite money, so he's not worth it. First of all, I love Maddie, and he knows way more about sports than I do. Nobody has any idea what this guy wanted. He never published it. Right there, there they have no if idea. If you represent yourself, yeah, it's between you and. It, but while we're Paul's getting to the Bears' side of the story. Well, and, 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 he, he said that in, in April or whenever they were first having problems, he said, you know, I'm, I want this. I want 100 I think it or, yeah, it was $100 and, or $20 million a year. And I think they came back like 15 or 18 and they said, no, I already told you what I want. But, I mean, the fact is, you don't know and I don't know. Right. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Right. So it could be a giant PR game. Yeah. It could be. So what we don't know is that <clears throat> somebody could have, <clears throat> and I go back to uh there's a 
a story from, you know, I'm going to say a century ago, last century. There was a guy back before there was any kind of free agency in baseball. When you essentially, I mean, Ernie Banks signed, I think, all he ever signed was a one-year contract. Maybe, that's, maybe that's near the end. strategy. Well, but <laughs> it didn't matter. You couldn't go anywhere. Right. I mean, before the free agency. So it didn't matter. You, you were still tied to the team. <laughs> I mean, you were essentially a, a, an indentured servant. Um, so if you want to play baseball, now you go do something else. But So the, 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 the point being is that one guy walked in, and of course I forget the name, where's Dr. J when I need him, and uh, <clears throat> he says uh, the team had lost like 100 games or something. I was Al Kaline or one of those guys who was a big star. He goes, well, I made like 22 grand last year, and look at what I did this year. I want like 25. And the owner said, we lost 100 games with you. How many are we going to lose without you? 105, 110, what's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. So, so how do we know that somewhere in the McCaskey mountain of God knows what, somebody can say, we're not paying anybody over $10 million with this horse bleep team. <laughs> we're not going to pay anybody till we're, till we're good. Oh, by the way, we're making $80 million a year. We want to do this thing in Arlington Heights, and for the next two or three years where our team sucks, <clears throat> we want to make 150 so we can put 75 in the kitty for Arlington Heights. How do we, how do we know that that's not what's going on? I mean, I'm not, I'm not accusing them of everything, but as, as they've controlled, everybody seems to know, know in their heart of hearts, this guy asked for too much money, way above competitive, way more, more than he was quote worth, and that the Bears, they're sorry as they are, they can't believe the fact that he left, he was a real bear, he was this and that. And you know what? No one knows if any of that is true. Just like any one of these political arguments, I have no idea. Rokan Smith, his last one should have said, okay, pay me 15, and they said, nah, we're not even going to do that. I don't know if that happened, but we have no idea, except for their general manager out there with, with the Bears side of the story. Yeah, and and what actually happened? And what actually so happened when he walks? Um, he he says to all this other uh, NFL. Is it a players association? Yeah, but he is not accused. Yeah. He's not like an agent. He, he is not. He, he wasn't. That wasn't for me. I left. Uh, well, they traded him. Yeah, but but he, had, he. We have no idea what he's. He doesn't have the agent out there saying, "What are you talking about?" The last the last time we came that we came down to seventeen million, which is below market, and Bears don't want to pay anybody. He's, he's not going to say that. He's not that kind of guy. He's just not on a team now. He's probably happy to be on, right? So, but, I mean, what I'm, my point is when you, when you hear this stuff, just be aware you're only getting one side of all these stories because the people telling you the story are on it. You know, it's, it's like listening to a CEO. I mean, listen to the guy who was on Kellogg's last week. You know, he, he's doing the world a favor by raising prices. I think the only guy with a big, a big contract on the Bears right now is probably Jackson. I know he makes yeah. 10 or 11. Yeah, he might be going this week. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I think they're required over the course of eight, two years or three years to spend 90 or 89% of the uh, that's, salary. I don't know that you can... You can go under for a little bit, but I don't think the league lets you lets you really out of that commitment. Uh, so next year, they got, what, 140 mil of, of cap space. This year yeah. they got a bunch of guys that they let go. matter of fact, they're still paying Quinn, I think. So this year they're not that much under it, to be fair. Uh, but now next year... I don't know how much of that they have to spend. I think if the salaries uh, that's that's listed among the uh, among the uh, NFL, what is it? The league rules. I know. I know you, you can't. Have to you spend can't be nine percent of the. I I think it's two thirteen is the salary cap or so. So eighty eighty nine or call it ninety. You have to spend like around one ninety or at least average it out to one ninety. Okay. So it's 
It's uh, if there's a way to save the Bears, know it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that means if uh, if you trade somebody in the middle of the year, you gotta. Who do you, who do you have to pay? <clears throat> you don't have to spread around the other people. It's not like it's not like uh, they brought in the new guy for GM. So that's another way to save. But it, but it didn't. Uh, the uh, I don't think it's like basketball where you actually have to pay out. Was it forty five or forty eight percent of your gross? They get uh, the NFL TV money. Yeah. So they're guaranteed is like three hundred, and they only need to spend two hundred. No, it's a, the the TV money virtually matches the salary cap. It's more than that, or it's going to be more than that. No, it's it, it, it. That's when the salary cap goes up. It, it used to be almost exactly. I haven't checked it in the last five years or so. I think it's like it used to be like exactly three the to same. two now. Uh, I don't think so. Bet. Well, I, I, I don't. We'll, we'll look it up later. Yeah, because it was because that means the team made all the other stuff. They made the gate. They made NFL properties. They made local TV or local radio. They still, they, it's still pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and all, what what are they left to pay? Insurance and uh, rent on the stadium and so forth. But I mean, it's not about who's right or wrong here, because neither one of us know. Right. It's about telling a story, and you're sticking to it. Mm. You know, it's. It's it's very the same as politics. It's very much the same as uh, what you see the administration doing, and the next administration, and the last administration, right? They're going to everyone g- wants to talk their book. Yeah, it's a question of who's really going to give you the or who's in the best position to determine if it's a uh, bleep. But and and, 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 bleep. And, and most of the time we don't know, and yet we form opinions. Everybody I know well, we're believes human. the Bears. We're human, and they That's think that do. this is a great deal. That's what we do. Yeah, well. I'm just saying, I don't believe anybody <laughs> now these days. Cause you're, wait a minute, I was watching, I used to watch uh, Blue Bloods a lot. And one of the time, Selleck, uh, the, the, the police chief, one day he says, uh, as, you, as you age, you realize anybody over the age of 18, the minute they open their mouth, you know their agenda. That's a good quote. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, boy, certainly anybody in politics and in business, that's, that's the deal, huh? Um, so what are you, uh, is your, you one, one final question here. You're... Uh, the crush spread is it coming in at all or no? Not right now. We're still we're waiting on a grain report that's this week, so we'll see what happens. Uh, look for the beans and the corn to move probably on Wednesday. You'll get more. Are you getting? You already have the report. <laughs> Where's Beaks? Where's Beaks? Where's Beaks? SB Futures up eighteen. NASDAQ Futures up fifty. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. Will join us. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, 
Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day -day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hey, I don't want your money touching my money. Hello and welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Greg Pappas in studio. We have Mr. John Flanagan here in a minute. China's exports unexpectedly shrink in October. And Matt, I don't want your money touching my money. Don't even think about it. Don't won't be near it. Won't be near your, because you got all, you know, I know you got, yours is all tied up in hundos, you know. That's right. <laughs> keep, got to keep it somewhere. They call them, they call them cash burn at Columbia, they used to call mm. them. <laughs> <laughs> SP Futures up 17, SP Futures up 44. A little giddy here because we're, we're long and uh, it looks like two days of rally. We'll see, you know, I don't know, I don't know about this rally, but it's, it's, it's moving. Dow, Dow Futures up 170 and as Greg's been saying all morning, how the hell can we be going up with all these fang stacks getting their ass kicked? Uh, good question. Apple's down another 263 down. Thing was down below 140. And they came out with their earnings, ran up over 150, and now it's down to 135. So if you bought before the earnings, I hope you sold because if you didn't, you're down now, which is not not good. Uh, over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 111.8 percent. The FTSE down 18 uh, point two. The CAC round up 12 point one. So two uh, 20 percent, not 20 percent, two percent. The uh, 0.2%, sorry, I'm sitting here watching all three things at once. Uh, over in Asia, Nikkei up 327, 1.2. Shanghai up 7.2. And it, you'll know this, Hang Seng up 434, 2.7%. 16,595, it was 14,400. Greg, was that last Tuesday? Last Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, it's wow. The uh, China exports drop. Uh, I don't, I'm not so sure, boy, reading those markets. Trading those markets have to be wild. 
Uh, the Dow was up 401 on Friday. S&P's was up 50. NASDAQ up 132. Like I said, a good day for the good guys. Uh, Bands today down three basis points, 4.13. The Bund down two basis points, 2.27. Japan, get a look at this, unchanged at 0.25. Imagine that. Uh, oil down 94 cents, 91.67, but over 90 bucks. Brent down 87 cents, 97.70. Natural gas up 66 cents, 706. So we've gone over six, now over seven. I've got uh, a lot of clients that want to get invested in this oil, Greg. And I, I, at these prices, it's hard for me to do, but I, I guess maybe you're going higher. I don't know. Wouldn't be alone. No, yeah, it wouldn't be alone. Uh, gold up a buck seventy, sixteen eighty. Silver down seven cents, uh, twenty seventy. Copper down seven cents, three sixty one. We've got Bitcoin down four eighty to twenty thousand seven hundred six. Still over twenty thousand. We've got the U.S. dollar, uh, pretty much. Well, it's actually gone down a little bit because the euro is at point nine nine seven, so almost back to a buck. Uh, the pound is up to 1.14. It was down to 1.12 last Thursday. So the dollar is creeping up a little bit. A lot of stuff there, man. What do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 6.38 a.m. on Monday, November 7th, 2022. Now, traffic in Chicago looking fairly average this morning, though keep in mind on the Dan Ryan exit ramp 53B to the Stevenson is down to one lane for repairs. Repairs were needed due to a fire damage that occurred just a few weeks ago. Weather in downtown Chicago, we are currently at 40 degrees today. Expect a high of 55 and a low of 40. Sunrise at 6.30 this morning. Sunny skies throughout the day. In Phoenix, clear skies, high of 80, low of 53. Currently temperatures at 53 degrees. Sports and the MLB World Series yesterday, 2022. Uh, Astros uh, versus Phillies. Game 6 on Saturday, November 5th. Uh, Astros won against Phillies, 4-1. Game 6 won the World Series for the Houston Astros. Uh, Saturday in the NHL, Blackhawks lose to Jets 4 to nothing. Uh, besides that, Capitals win against Coyotes 3 to 2. Week 9 of the 2022 NFL season, Packers lose to Lions 9 to 15. Vikings win against Commanders 20 to 17, and the Bears played a, uh, played against Dolphins and had lost a close game of 32 to 35. Bears stand at 3 wins and 6 losses this season. Tonight, Ravens play Saints in New Orleans. Saints had a win loss of 3 to 5, Ravens 5 to 3. All for now, Chief back to you. So, uh, Mr. Flanagan, how are you? I'm good, Tom. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Did you, uh, you did you, did you uh, wish you were down at South Bend Saturday night? Oh, man. <laughs> my niece was on the field afterwards. She was texting my brother. Uh, it's quite a thing, really. Well, yeah, they, uh, well, they manhandled him. It wasn't even really close. No. Even though we have no quarterback, we still manhandled him. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I got to hand it to them, really. Yeah, they, uh, and plus they got another black punt. It's like four. Yeah. The uh, special teams coach doing a good job. You should have seen the uh, <laughs> the post game conference or whatever. Sweeney looked at the the camera and you talk about I don't know what the best adjective to use is defeated, angry, some just like uh, <laughs> deflated. <laughs> could, could, could anything ever make your heart better than Dabo Sweeney pissed he, off? He was he was uh, just. Not feeling it. Who would you like to see pissed off worse? Him, Kelly, or Saban? I mean, there's like a, a bunch of guys there that whenever they lose, it just seems like the world gets better, doesn't it? Saban's definitely the funniest. Oh yeah, but this guy, he was he was pissed off, and it. But it was no, it wasn't like there was bad calls or anything. He just, but you know what's what's interesting? I mean, I'll give my little thing here, and we'll talk about more important stuff. But you know what's kind of happening is they have this uh, defensive line in Clemson where, like, a couple of the guys, I guess, can be first-round picks. But is oh, how can I start this? I'm going to be like, gotta, I'm gonna, 
I had a class from George Stigler, and he'd start a story, and then he'd have to back up and tell another story first. And I thought that if I ever got like that, please shoot me. Well, I'm, I'm getting like that. Uh, I used to coach uh, and actually play on a touch team in, uh, in Mount Greenwood on Sunday mornings early, and it was real, real serious football. And towards Dr. J was on the team. They wanted him, not really me. So I ended up being a second-string quarterback and, uh, and essentially the offensive coordinator. But the other t- out of the ten teams in the league, there were teams that had like 25 people, even though seven played. I mean, it was serious football, where seven out of the ten teams would go to the Nationals. I mean, you know, this was serious, serious crap. And, uh, you know, what you noticed is that your rushing, your people that rushed, <coughs> were not big guys. They were very, very fast, lean, and very quick. Now, the guys blocking... Most of them were big guys. So is, what you've seen is that, is, that, is that football has gotten so much more pass-oriented. The defensive lines <coughs> are a lot smaller than they were 25 years ago. I mean, most of the rush ends are nowhere near as big as Richard Dent was, or is probably still. And, <coughs> and you'll see football has sort of changed. So now you see everybody coming back at every level, and all of a sudden everybody's running the ball. And nobody can tackle these guys because the running backs are bigger than some of the linemen. And uh, that's sort of what's happened to the Irish. The Irish just ran at these guys all night long. Wait a second. The running backs are bigger than the linemen? Some, I mean, some of the, the, the backs are now or running are, are, are bigger than these rush ends or rush linebackers, not the tackles. Interesting. That I mean, Henry is way bigger than, like, Floyd and those people that are, that are rush, rush linebackers. I would think, like, the profile of an NFL or – just a running back in general would probably be about like five ten, you know, one ninety or two hundred. With the, I'm saying some of these rush ends. Everybody thinks that they're two sixty five, like Richard Dent was. They're not. No. Been, no. My point is, 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 is this game has changed toward passes. You've, you've a lot of a lot of teams are only playing two linebackers, so it's it's become easier to run, and the, and, the, and the Irish just kept coming right at these guys, <clears throat> and they they're like, well, what do we got to make all these? Ta-? That kid on the Irish, uh, what the hell's his name? The 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 guy's guy like six foot, two hundred twenty-five pounds. They pulled the rug out right from under their yeah. uh, their college football playoff cha- chances. Well, if if you're a, a deep back, how many times do you want to tackle that guy with a head of steam? You hope the lineman at least grabs him or does slows him down a little. That guy, what's his name? Estime, yeah. John. Yeah. How many? If if you're a single cornerback or safety, how many times do you want to take that guy down in the open field by yourself? Two or three, maybe, not ten. No. I mean, <laughs> hit the guy once, it's like hitting a bus. I mean, it's, <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying that the, now, because the Irish essentially have no quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, whatever. But uh, anyway, they, they pretty much down kind of had it to them, really. I mean. Estimate yeah. is kind of, isn't he the size of Reggie Bush, like 5'10", 220 or so? He's like, I think he's six feet, but yeah. he's 225. He's a big kid. Yeah. When he, when he starts moving fast forward, the low like, center of gravity helps. A lot. Yeah, they call him the they call him the what the mini bus or the baby bus. <laughs> He's definitely not there. No, well, I mean, but uh, that's what. How many times did you want to tackle that guy if you were a safety? Jerome Bettis. I mean, not at all, right? It was like a, a like a locomotive. Safety's coming. probably about two hundred, so ten percent weight difference. Yeah, well, when one guy's moving, <laughs> anyway, it was a a good day for the Irish. Because now, now you wonder how the hell they managed to lose to Stanford and Marshall, but. Uh, but they did, you know. It's a uh, can't take it off the resume. Yep, I enjoyed it. So, John, what do you uh, what do you make of uh, <clears throat> what's going on here? We we're sinking here a little bit, running up fourteen. Got the elections tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm trying to find out who's ahead, and 
the polls. One of the one of the sites I went to had like seven or eight of the best polls in like one race, and every one of them was off. They're all there's probably four or five that are toss ups in the Senate anyway. At least the people know. And as a matter of fact, one guy was reading this thing about how for the last three or four elections that they have uh, the, that they've always uh, mis- made a mistake to the to the Democratic side. <coughs> which all the Republicans are counting on. But the guy in the, in the poll says every one of the polling places is very aware of that. So now they're adjusting for that to the point where they might be over-adjusting. So they might be saying the Republicans are doing better than they are. Like they used to say the Democrats are doing better than they are. So, but it's funny, there's all kinds of polls. And I, I'm going to ask you, a, you two, you two mavens, how the hell do you even poll these days? You can't call anybody. I mean, who... Most people are so aggravated if they get a call on their cell phone, they don't answer. At least I don't. Nobody has a home phone. I mean, how do you, how do you even do a poll? Well, I, I couldn't really vouch for it myself because I don't get approached for, for these, and I'd be probably reluctant to respond even if I did <laughs> because I don't I don't know for sure who I'm talking to, and I don't know that I want to cooperate with a lot of them. I think there's, there's been a phenomenon in the last, I would say, 10 years or so, people are reluctant to express their opinions to strangers. Um, it's more on the Republican side, probably, than on the Democratic side, but it certainly was borne out in 2016 with how skewed the polling results were. Yeah. I, I, so I, I think it was, you know, we have more of that, maybe more of it in some ways than we did in 2016 in this election, where you, you don't have people cooperating with the polling system. And you know, a study needs to be done, I think, of exactly, you know, what kind of penetration they can make. You know, what, what kind of inquiries do they make? How many people do they try to approach? What's the success rate in getting any data back from these people? Because I think that the system is very misleading. And, of course, there's, there's so many polls now. It seems like every community college and every university has a poll of some kind. Uh, how many of them really have any kind of methodology that you would trust um, or want to replicate somewhere else? So... Um, it, it's, it's become kind of a, you know, it creates a lot of static and it, it creates a lot of, you know, energy maybe for fundraising if you think you've got some poll that backs you up or some poll that shows you in, at, at risk either way. But it, it really is kind of twisting the whole operation because I don't think it's based on good numbers at all. And, of course, that doesn't make people feel more secure about elections either when they see results that don't at all square with what these so-called polls were predicting. Not, not good for business all the way around. Well, the, uh, the one of the most interesting elections that that I called uh, only because I had a scout. <coughs> the was the, the the British Brexit. The uh, all the polls said that they were going to stay, right? Yeah. And uh, one of my buddies from the uh, Fed, uh, terrific guy, he went over. He was doing some uh, he was doing some work with the, the the British Central Bank or something. He's a high end dude. And he went into London, and he was right about Brexit time, and uh, and he was saying that everybody there was convinced that this was a layup that they were going to stay in the in the uh, ec- whatever the economic union. But then he's he's one of these historical sort of guys, and uh, you know what I'm talking about, Greg. I'm not going to say his name, but <laughs> all of a sudden he he takes a train down to where, where's uh, Nelson's flagship down at what's what's the port down south of London. Uh, Portsmouth, or yeah, it's not, it's not Portsmouth. He, so he takes the train down there. Everybody on the train, everybody wherever he went, everybody we want the hell out of here. <laughs> so it was obvious to him that the, 
the pollsters were in London, and they had no idea. And also, they were talking about likely voters. And evidently, you know, I, I've been to Britain once, and I never got off the tarmac because we just changed. We, we, our plane landed, kicked people off, and we took off again. So I guess I was, I could say I was in London. But the, uh, you people must stay, you know, where they live. How can I even say this? Like not being a buffoon. Like a long time because they talked about likely voters, and all kinds of people who hadn't voted in like four or five elections came out for this. So they got totally overwhelmed by, they were nowhere near in the likely voter category, and yet they all came out to vote for this and were still registered. So there were... They probably had the sample of, you know, the regular voters and the new people, so their their stats were okay, they just didn't have the right sample. Yeah, they just missed the whole chunk of people. Right. So, like like you said, Jan, how do you know if people... Now, when Obama ran, a lot of people came essentially out of the woodwork and voted... Because you know, first black or African American, and then of course those people did not come out for Hillary. Uh, gee, why? You know, but <laughs> but but I'm you know what I'm saying is you you, ne- you never really know. I I would be a blithering idiot regarding uh, you know Karen Reeves when the 17 people were running for Bobby Rush's spot. I I would have surely bet the over on the 28 or 29 percent that showed up for that primary. I I would have thought, wow. There's all kinds of people running here, and it's been in the news, and it's not like a regular primary. That this one's going to, you know, be interest interest to a lot of people, and you know what? It just wasn't. Are there any polls that you actually believe? I mean, personally, I look well, at five thirty-eight, if it's eighty, eighty twenty. I guess I believe it, but, <laughs> but like for in terms of names, personally, I'll look at uh, five thirty-eight to kind of see where they're at because yeah. just because you know that he's been okay, and then uh, for the other side. I look at uh, Rasmussen, and they they seem to skew a little bit uh, to the right. But I think if you sample, you know, one on the left and one on the right, or what, or try, that's a better way to really see. I agree. Yeah, those are two good, but kind of bellwethers, I think, because they're pretty sober. But they're not. You know, they seem to be somewhat restrained. They don't give you outrageous, you know, improbable results. It seems, but they often tend towards. You know things that really you can feel are happening, and this this is kind of the way I read polls now myself. I I look for the kind of sense I get in just hearing people talk, or I don't get it from the news media. I don't get it from the newspapers, but you, know, you get it from what you hear around you. You talk about the Brexit thing, Tom, too. You know, I'm I'm amazed that they turned that into a referendum, really, because at the time I thought they're probably expecting this to be you know slam dunk and they're going to stay in. They had no clue. Yeah, didn't uh? <clears throat> well, here's where you're supposed to know the history. Didn't they? Didn't they have to? Wasn't there a referendum to originally join the European Union? Yeah, I think there was. Yeah, so I think you needed probably one to get out. Right, and but you know the, the fact that they were um, they were Cameron was very cavalier. They they were assumed this was not going to end up the way it did at all. But I think they they like a lot of politicians that get lost in their own vision of things, and they don't realize that the, the, the average person doesn't have any truck with them whatsoever. And you're seeing that, it, I mean, I, I predicted after the, the the Brexit vote that Trump would be elected here, too. I just had a sense that this is the same way things are going to end up here, and nobody, especially Hillary, was willing to acknowledge it. And that was a real wake-up call, and I think Democrats have, have really been trying to play catch-up ever since, and I think they've really lost... You know, the mojo now. Well, I think the Republicans are playing catch up because Trump 
Trump's not their guy either. Well, as a party, right? Yeah. And this is what this is what keeps Trump, you know, in the kind of spot he's in, where the Republicans don't want him in their fold, but the, but the voters do. And you know, you, when you got a party that's out of touch with your rank and file, which both parties are completely, I think. Um, you're going to get some interesting candidates. You're going to get some interesting results because the parties are, are working against this kind of popular popularism. Uh, I, I just think that the Republicans have no no truck with somebody like Trump and, or anybody like him. Really, not maybe DeSantis, but I, I don't see DeSantis being um, you know, the, the same kind of figure when it comes to national campaigning against Trump. Is he's not as as interesting. He's not as dynamic. He's kind of a, a wonky sort of guy. Well, when you in either side. You have 20% of the population controlling the population, which really sucks. And I don't see how we're going to get it. That's the norm, Chief. Well, it is the norm now. (laughs) It's always been the norm. Uh, Not sure about that. Um, In some ways it has, but the people in the middle don't seem to have any... (coughs) I mean, look at the people that... Well, Kevin and I were talking on on Friday regarding that... uh, Are you guys familiar with the... uh, What's what they call the new vote? The vote for four or the... Something where you, you pick a bunch of different candidates. Oh, the ranked voting. Yeah, well, eh, I don't know if it's ranked, but it ranked choice. It, it, you essentially you you pick. Uh, there could be four people in the in the finals, and they're all picked in the uh, in the in the primary. So one uh, in one place, a Republican person is running against another Republican and two Democrats, or something. In one place, there's there's one Democrat and three Republicans. I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's, it's designed to not have 20% of the population pick the person running in some ways. But I, one of the things, I, I it's never going to happen, certainly in, in my lifetime, but maybe never. I would, I would really like to see us go to a, uh, um, a Nebraska model. John and Greg, what do you guys think of that? Where, for what, if you don't know what that is, Greg, it's every district, uh, every representative district, Essentially, if whoever wins the vote in the district gets one delegate, so you don't have a, a whole state where it's winner take all when you can't even figure out who won. You know, type of thing. <laughs> you can't figure. The, well, I mean, the opportunity. Well, when I when I say the uh, the Florida situation with with uh, Bush and Gore, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, I'm not I'm not gonna take sides here. We split the electoral. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say that the. Uh, Gore got screwed, I think, by the hanging chads to a certain extent. But Bush really got screwed because the na- national TV is so dumb they didn't realize that you, you can't give out any res- any any projection projections till after the polls close. I don't know if you knew that was the rule or the law. I don't know if it's a law, but it's a rule. Well, the, the dummies forgot that m- most of the panhandles in the central time zone and not eastern. So they essentially declared Gore the winner before. The votes close in that area, so I think that well, cost. Well, that was that was definitely they knew that. Uh, uh, whatever, whether it was a mistake or not, no, it definitely wasn't a mistake. Well, the point it, being is, I think both sides got screwed sort of equally, and yet we're we're talking about a, a state with a bazillion electoral votes, and I'm going to say everybody we know, John, would say that that was a statistical dead heat. Uh, you know, that there, you you couldn't you couldn't really pick a winner there. I wouldn't. I mean, we had the one lady. Uh, State's attorney, or wherever she did, which, but the point is, what are you really? If you got ten million people voting, is is a thousand votes? I mean, we're not talking about 
bonanza where everybody knew who voted and Ben Cartwright's flipping the coin between Hoss and Little Joe. I mean, we're we're past that. Everybody knows that there's slop in these elections. I mean, how close does it have to be to where it's a dead heat and you split the delegates? And I go, I know that's not America, but it's it's the truth, isn't it? Well, the, the sloppier they become, the, the more corruptible they are if you reduce it to smaller and smaller electoral units to make the, the, the decision. Because then you can corrupt it in a couple of key places um, and not make it, and you can hide it in effect. And I think this is what really happened in 2020, although you can't talk about it. Well, I, I, it, it just it took a couple, you know, big city districts um, where you can tamper with it enough to make all the difference. And I don't know if making it a more localized thing where you assign one delegate or whatever to a, a judicial body or a representative body or whatever, however you want to draw the boundaries. I just think that that ups the ante for, for cheating. So well, no, I, 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 I totally disagree. I'm, I'm going to say in Illinois, there's, there's districts that are overwhelmingly Republican, that essentially those people have no vote in the national election. South of I-80? And I'm going to say in some of some of the blue states or the, the red states, there's probably areas there that are Democrat. They might as well not even go to the polls. Why should I go to the polls? I don't, suppose I was going to vote not Democrat, which I won't. I suppose I was going to vote Democrat. Why why should I go to why should I go down the street if I know that the Democrats already got a 65 percent advantage? And I mean every 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 Republican says, well, you know. Uh, how, how many more votes would the, would the Democrats get in California if it actually meant something? Well, but why should a, a district that is overwhelmingly Republican Illinois not get their one delegate? Get nobody. What's the point of that? Well, it's a popular vote you know, in the state. So. Well, but I'm saying in Nebraska it isn't. It's a popular vote in a district. I think what well, I think you're going to, gonna, when you have population disparities like you do in a state like Illinois, and you got, you know, one Cook County <laughs> that has just got most most of the Democrats of the state to some extent. The well, rest are all kind of flying. You're, 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 you're making my argument. I'm saying Illinois is probably 60-40 Democrat. It's not 100%. Right? Right. So they shouldn't they, sh- they shouldn't get all all of the votes because of the Republican people feel like, like why, why do I even have to go there? Which, which is wrong, in my opinion. Well, I think you'll have a lot more deadlocked elections if you split up the vote, and it isn't winner take Well, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, Bush lost the popular vote. He still won, right? Yeah, but... But there wasn't... No. The ranked choice file is, is different than uh, having the winner-take-all in that the winner-take-all would, would prevent... Um, if the population now is like 51, 49, or whatever... <laughs> That you're just gonna can make that problem bigger. So on the national level, and you're just gonna see more. Like, I'm, talk, I'm like talking John about said, deadlock. I'm talking about being people being represented. Right, but it's the entire state of Florida did not vote for Bush or Gore. Right, but it was fifty-fifty. Equal amount of people say in Illinois be all Democratic, in Florida going all Republican. There's eventually it's gonna wash out. I think is the argument. Well, I, I, I'm not pushing for the you know uh, a specific. I think it's too f- much of a jump to go right to a popular election. But I, I, don't, I don't see any reason why you know some people in the state are not represented. I think it probably would help the Republicans more than the Democrats. To be honest with you. So, but I'm 
Well, might in a state like Illinois in some elections. It wouldn't. It would in California for sure. Probably wouldn't New York. I, I just see like like what like Greg says. I think it's, it's just going to start shaving off um, the trust you know, that like we convincing are losing you know, conclusions, so that people really can see that there's a winner here. I think it's going to it's going to lengthen the process. Probably it's going to take longer. There'll be more cheating in these. I, 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 if they know this is going to end up in some kind of a, a tabulation where this, this, it's, it's unclear who won this state. Well, I don't like the idea that when people are campaigning, um, they're going to say, well, guess what? I'm, I'm running for president. I only need to go to six states because the rest of them, no matter what I do, are already decided. Well, there, there's people there too, right? Right. I mean, this is... The problem when you've got people that, you know, and this wasn't really envisioned when the Electoral College was created. Oh, Maine doesn't you, do you it had either. candidates who actually could cover the entire United States several times if they so felt like it. But they also didn't have to cover any of the states that they didn't think were really in play for them and that they didn't need to campaign in, and they'd still be able to win. Um, it, it assumed that there's a much more deliberation among the people when it came to choices that they actually did, you know, get a chance to hear about these people. It was covered in the press lavishly. You may, you may never saw the candidates campaigning, but you got all the coverage of their speeches and their appearances, and you got editorials and other stuff that kept people connected. Um, and so the, the flyover effect didn't work, when, you know, before you had airplanes. There should be, there should be some difference in one man's opinion I'm, I'm gonna uh, this argument's never going to carry the day but the fact is if the Republicans in Illinois decide to really come out against the presidential candidate and all of a sudden they get 48 percent of the vote instead of their usual 35 or whatever it is somehow or another that ought to be reflected and it's not or if, if somebody the Democratic side is so popular that he carries California or Illinois by 90% versus 52, it ought to be reflected. Right now it's not at all. So essentially you're saying your vote doesn't count, which I don't like to see happen. That's just me. Oh, no. I, but you think, Tom, it isn't that long ago where there really was a Republican Party in Cook County and there were you know Republican aldermen, not a lot of them, in the city of Chicago. But what you've seen happen is this you know, winnowing away of any kind of diversity of opinion in the county and city elections now. You don't even have opposing candidates in most of the races, uh, which, you know, you could be, who do you blame for that? I mean, it, part of it is just the demographics of the people who have kind of stuck by and stayed at these addresses, and the other people who, who don't want it. Well, you, go out I'm not so sure that there's competing Democrats in some of the some of the Republican spots in Wyoming, are there? I have no idea. Would you abolish? Well, probably not very many. Yeah. Would you abolish but, the election? But the, this is sort of the, you know, and this is sort of becoming encrusted in the whole political debate too, where these these states that are not in play, you know, from election cycle to election cycle, are pretty much taken for granted by one of the other parties. Well, yeah, I don't, don't, I don't. They don't figure in campaigning or in, in you know, in setting an agenda or you know, giving stuff back to them or anything else. There, there's. They really are just flyover territory. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, as a voter, I don't want to be a not-in-play guy. Just me. Ask me if he's up 13. Ask me if he's up 34. Be right back. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Up on the hill. Welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tomo. Mr. Jan Flanagan's with us. We have Greg Pappas in the studio. We've got Matt Byrne on the board trying to keep everybody in one piece here. <laughs> so, Jan, what do you. What do you make of, uh, even as a, 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 a civilian, so we say, civilians, can attorneys be considered civilians? I guess in some kind of fictionalized way. <laughs> the, uh, um, by the way, are you voting no on the judges tomorrow? Did you already, are, you one these, are you one of the communists that already voted? That's oh, no, right. no, no, I don't. I always vote on election day, too. Well, you know, I, I used to think that everybody should, but now, from what my nephews and everybody was telling me yesterday, some polling places have closed and stuff. It's actually kind of a pain, but so if you well, they've consolidated yeah. precincts to such an extent now that you know I haven't had the same polling place for the last three elections, and the one I'll be at tomorrow is different from the one I was at in June. Uh, and I'm sure there were people who are not prepared for the the shift. You know, they they just assumed because there hasn't been a whole lot of publicity about how these things have changed. Um, and uh, you know, the po- the police station here, the 17th district, it used to be. You know, there, I think there were four precincts that voted there. Now none of them vote there, and I'm not sure why the police. Have well, because guys like you were, were checking the wall to see if your picture was there before you went in. <laughs> but now they're you know in schools or 
you know, businesses that people have never ever voted in before, and it's a whole new ball game every time there's an election. I think that's that's bad for in-person voting too. It makes people discouraged if they go to the wrong polling place, then they find this out. Is it too late to go back and go to the right one? I mean, did you have other plans for the day? It's, it's going to suppress voter turnout ultimately, and maybe this is what they want to do. I I can't believe that somebody hasn't figured out that it will people to be frustrated by, by assistance always a step ahead of them. Well, when I lob my opinion out about voting in person, of course, it's it's colored by the fact that I walk out my front door and literally 100 yards down the block is the Adams Playground. I walk in there and there's never a line. I, I BS with the judges and I vote. That's the way it should be. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we used to have two precincts in there and for, for a while, you'd walk in and, and there'd be this mob and yet our precinct there's nobody there. The other side was this huge line, but then they moved those guys somewhere else. Get get rid of those dudes. But there's we don't even have a somebody out there trying to walk you into voting because we, I bet the most I've ever seen in the afternoon if I get there at five o'clock there's been three hundred voters before me or something. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not hoping I'm wondering one of these days I'll have to go like God knows where to get to you know <laughs> to go vote. But as long as it's that it's it's kind of bad. but I am I am concerned. And I don't know, I mean, the Republicans, of course, jumped on it that they're, they're the ones being beat up by it, but there's a certain discipline to it that you walk in, there's people, they look at you, they check your signature. It's not, I'm going to say, the most pristine, but at least there's some discipline to the system that both sides has a judge in there. I don't know how you def- you, absolutely, you can replicate that necessarily by mail or other reasons. You can't, and that, that's why I think it's been pushed so hard, Tom, because it causes a breakdown in these these same safeguards that you're talking about here, and that's caused a, a lot of loss of confidence in the process. The fact that you know Reuters has a news story out today saying that well we, we may not know the results of some of these states for several weeks. Weeks? You know, what does that do to people's mindset about you know what's happening to to my vote in the next couple of weeks here before somebody gets around to voting it or you know counting it or throwing it out or whatever they're going to do with it? It shouldn't take weeks. Even if if you're dealing with mail and ballots, why would why should it take weeks? Well, you you certainly I, I don't know how you I don't know how you uh, say the, the flying you went with to me is when you go to the polling place, <clears throat> nobody knows how you voted, right? Supposedly, so, well, <laughs> I think mo- I think most places they don't. Yeah, I mean I, I mean in primary, yes, for the Democratic or Republican ballot, uh, at least they know what party you're in, right? That's about I minutes, mean, but on the on the normal one. But now a couple of the states, now Lou claims that in Colorado they've been doing it so long by mail, they got it down pretty good, um, which probably is good. But I, you got you got to sign something. Now, allegedly what happens in Arizona, a couple of places, is you don't sign the ballot, you sign the envelope. And then they, then they throw the envelope out because they don't want a record where somebody can go through and say, this Greg Pappas guy, here's his signature, oh, by the way, he voted for Jan Flanagan. You know, you don't you don't want that. So you somehow they I they, want that. Yeah, you want, but somehow they separate the two. But now when you try and do a a recount, I voted for you twice, John. Yeah, voted yep. for you twice. <laughs> he voted for you, and he wrote you in. Uh, the so so now when you go when you try and do a recount, it now becomes impossible right. to match up. Well, who, who's ballot? Who sent this ballot in? Right, you can't distinguish valid ballots that were mailed in on time. Whatever with the proper envelope, you know, being enclosed by, or with other ballots that just 
show up by magic somewhere in somebody's back pocket yeah. or on a box on the floor. This is exactly why this system has been pushed the way it has, because it, it makes it impossible to have a secure election. Well, in, in some areas, I mean, I, I did read, and again, this is not, I know you're, you're always kind of pushing from the, the one side, but in some states that are Republican states, that that were making it, uh, allegedly made it difficult to do mail-in ballots. One of the states, I forget who it was, was uh, somebody south. Imagine that. Uh, it, it's it's something like cut cut the amount of polling places using COVID as an excuse by like half. Oh, Texas, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> we, we don't or like drop-off places for yeah. you know you know mail-in ballots or, or whatever absentee ballots. You know, just make it impossible unless you want to drive two hundred fifty miles. To go to the drop-off place. Well, but that's why when both us to vote. when both sides are cheating as best they can, that's why I I I would rather go a more representative system where if you have a, a Republican district, they at least get one guy. I mean, even if Illinois was eighteen seven eighteen to one, I think it's a fairer deal than nineteen zero, and it, all nineteen aren't Democrats. I'm trying to give you something here, and here's, you won't take here's it. Here's something. I think that voting could probably be the one actual good use of blockchain that we could do. Oh, God. I think that if if voting times and voting tabs and, and if the CME clears, I don't know, 50 million transactions a day or whatever, you know, why are we going back? Why is it going to take weeks for for this kind of well, stuff? Because people want to cheat. I, cheating or not, it should be harder what, to what, cheat with more technology. Why don't we... I mean, China like can read your face... And when you're walking wherever, like Palantir can do that too. And if we're going to have this massive defense spend, why can't we at least, you know? Well, we could do even something. do something like really simple, and especially in the dead of winter here for like the the mayoral election. Notice how mayoral elections are nowhere near on the regular. They want a minimum amount of people as possible to show up, and they want to give oh, the yeah. c- and they want to give the city people like a day off to vote. <laughs> well, duh. And there's, there's still messes too. I mean, <laughs> even though. They should be the simplest, but they've turned into these carnivals where you get you know twenty people on the ballot. So if we really cared about people voting, we would probably have a vote in person. You you got Saturday and Sunday to vote, where people are well, most people are off. Where that's what they do in France. In some places, if, if we wanted to make it easier and, and as easy as possible for people to show up and vote, we would not do it this way. It wouldn't be on a Tuesday. A lot of people are working, can't get to the... Now you can vote earlier if you want. But by and large, if we want as many people as possible to show up, we should have it on a Saturday and a Sunday, and, and all the elections should be on that day. Your governor, don't have the mayors like the next week, that kind of crap. We don't have to show up here to trade. Well... I mean, I'm, they I'm, figure it out. Okay, but I mean, if we it's... if it's show up to but if it's a, But if it's a weekend... I don't, I don't... That's what I'm saying, is I don't trust the mails as much as I do some who show up. You don't have to do mail. It could be electronic, you can... Okay, but how are you going to trust that? I think electronic is very secure if you do it the right way. We yeah, do all our banking all right, electronically. So we do our trading. All right, so how many people in the country does that kick out of the system because they don't have a computer? We can go give them computers. That's well, we could, but we, we're not going to. The, I went over the weekend. Uh, sorry. We can't but get these people. I went over the weekend, and I sat at a tablet or whatever, and did the. I put in a card, I think, and then went through however many, and then the card kicked out, but... I mean that's electronic. It's it's not paper. I think we. So, John, what do you think? We need to send Greg on a tour of real America. Well, you know, this is every polling place too. Even on election day, has to have that system that Greg's describing here. 
as an option where you can vote electronically, and you have to have a booth I mean, that set should up. be mandatory. There's there right. are less shenanigans as well that. as the paper ballots that you have to. Believe me, Tom. I was an election judge in 2016 and in 2018, um, and the only reason I would consider ever being one again is if I were half my age. Maybe some other factors thrown in too, because it was one of the most aggravating, difficult. Disappointing, demoralizing experiences, especially the second time around that I've ever had, because the, you know they pay these people pretty much the going rate, whatever it is. You know, everybody gets paid pretty much the same, although one person is designated sort of a schlub who has to take all the stuff back to the to the central place afterwards, and you can easily be there until one or two in the morning trying to get this stuff straightened out. And that's after all the glitches, the breakdown of communication between the equipment during the day, setting up the booths, breaking down the booths in the evening. I can see why they're cutting back on the number of precincts, because they can't get people to staff these things, because the job is too difficult, it's too time-sensitive, and it's incredibly complicated. Let me tell you, there's hundreds of steps it's unnecessarily to, to make it look like you're dealing with a secure system. So you, know, a guy like, a guy like, so you know, a guy like Greg, I'm these, steamed. these younger creatures... A guy like Greg is convinced. Now, we went when when I just give you a little bit of history here. You no, know, you know, for old, from old farts. When I was at the University of Chicago, and they designed the the NAS the national what was it the NASDAQ, and, and people the idea if you were in a tr- got to back up here, if you were on the New York floor or you had a C well there was no CBO in those days. If you're on the New York floor, you had a specialist, you had you had stuff, but everything came to a central spot. And the idea was, and it was there was a lot of you know handwritten orders and and the people and you had to be a member of an exchange to make a market uh, of CBOE as well board of trade and uh, all of a sudden somebody designed this national market system where the PTI securities there's levels of uh, being a Nasdaq member well now it's, it's not really Nasdaq anymore but if we're level one you're just a broker <laughs> level two you get to see where all the different bids and offers are on these over-the-counter stocks. And oh, by the way, if you're a level three, PTI could decide if we're a level three, we're going to make a market and you know, pick a NASDAQ stock, Microsoft or something. We could actually put up bids and offers. Well, the guys at the University of Chicago, you know, uh, professors who know a lot about some things and not much about other things, they were, they, they were running around like if they had each taken like five Viagra pills or something. They were, they were so overwhelmed by how great this was going to be and how competitive it was going to be because it was going to be electronic. You didn't need an exchange. You didn't have guys in the floor. You didn't need tickets. Well, in the first 10 years of the NASDAQ, maybe 15 years, it was by far the most crooked system that ever walked. <laughs> and they ended up paying some massive fine, didn't they, Greg? Um, that there was, was, was maybe one cent on the dollar of how much they stole all those years. You put a bit up, and guess what? If everybody was at a quarter and you were at an eighth, they didn't have to trade with you in an eighth. Oh, no, we're not going to trade with him because he, he only has 500 shares out there and we want to do 1,000. So they, they'd pay through it and buy it, sell it to themselves at a quarter, or they'd, they'd do the sale at a quarter and turn around and buy yours at an eighth. It was absolutely crooked. Those people should all go into jail, but it was electronic. Just because it's electronic doesn't mean there's, it's straight. No, there's, there's, uh, if, if the argument is that computers make mistakes, I don't buy it. No, People's I don't buy that. People always make mistakes. Yeah. So or cheat. Or cheat, and on purpose, too. But having the computers 
um, tabulate everything is by far, I would say, prefer- preference. Well, they do right now. You put the ballot in there and it counts it. Well, you have a record. You still have to go there. You still have to have the, the computer print out something. There's all these... If it's just electronic... So you're saying that if all of a sudden everybody hacked away on their, on their cell phone, that somehow or miraculously that would be clean? I can do my my thumbprint or whatever or face ID or, or anything related to banking and... How, um, how long do you think it's going to take 300 million people to have their thumbprints registered so they can no, vote? Not, not registered. I'm talking about there's some form of security related to all these other things that we do. Yet when we go to the polls, we're in the 1700s. You it's got a, you got five people there looking at you. In your signature. People. Who's who's to say those five people couldn't be? Well, because you got one from each side. You got you got a Flanagan and you got a woke person. <laughs> All eyeing you I up. Would you, let, would you would you let Greg no, through, Jan? I don't know if I would. Close. Oh, I of course you. I wouldn't let him. Through. You know what? Hey, I got I got the third degree last time. Thing that bothers me, Tom. I, I agree with Greg that ideally these things should be countable and counted accurately. But there's instances in 2020 where you had you know, computer tabulation that omitted, you know, like every third Democratic ballot it, or every every Republican third Republican ballot as a way of just creating a, a complete distortion of the results. And you can program these things to do anything I, you want. I'm saying you can have it in such a scattered way that it may not look like it's. A systematic failure of the, of the you dudes process. are you dudes are arguing but, with but me. But in you're a couple key precincts or in enough key precincts, you can make a huge. That's always the case. You dudes are argue, you're arguing with me, but you're making my case. No, and that's always the case. In the same, if you have uh, people doing something, there are always going to be people who are trying to cheat. There's always going to be people who are colluding. But when when you have computers and the things are transparent, I'm not talking about Nasdaq where not everybody can see anything. Some again, going back to like a blockchain. Something where you can see which person or which county or which whatever is editing, and go be able to have that in the open, similar to like we, what we would have in a pit. But that to have that computerized would be, I'd say. All right, I, I'm going to say that Karen was on saying that her grandmother, when she voted, used to get a turkey and a pair of pantyhose to come vote. All right, so the Democrats are going to drag people out of the city. Let's take the worst case scenario, almost like a, almost like it's a cartoon. They're going to get a whole busload of, of people that wouldn't even dream of voting. They're going to pay them a chicken, and they're going to head out, and they're going to vote, and they're going to show up, and everybody looking at this going, this is kind of crazy. Or maybe the Republicans are going to go up into the hills of West Virginia and drag a bunch of people down from there in a bus, and they're going to come and vote. Well, I'd, I'd I want to ra- vote on my cell phone. I'd, I'd rather have that than somebody walk up into the hills and come back and say, Fifty people voted on my laptop. Trust me. No, I want right. to vote on myself. There's fifty ballots. I just found counting. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather at least if the fifty people are forced to show up and pick up their chicken. No, I, so I feel better. Checks. Is that just me? Is that just me, John, or what? I, yeah. I'm I'm all for in-person voting, Tom, whenever possible, wherever possible, because the, the, the possibilities for getting corrupt results are just incredibly amplified once you don't have people doing stuff in person. I'm sorry. Everybody, whatever, everybody whatever does that Whatever safeguards you have when it comes to registration and, and you know, uh, current registration and, you know, at this address and not being dead but being a live well, You can person. have judges it's that monitor the electronics from both sides. Greg That's is furiously trying I to find an app where he can have sex on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just so <laughs> hilarious that 
we can do everything else, mobile and touch and biometric and all this other very important stuff. But when it comes to voting, we have to go for a week or something and then there's not a lot of security, but there is security. It's it's completely I, I guarantee you that if all of a sudden people had to do is is, is is whack their cell phone and all of a sudden we had hundred million votes on each side, or anybody including me would say, Who the hell are these people? Well that's right. I mean, they don't show up to the polls because it's silly. I mean, most people realize that politics is silly. You don't go and and do it because what's in it for me? You know, it's hard to do. I'm going to have to take off work. I'm, I well, that's don't my even like the candidates. So make it easy, and then you might get the voter turnout. And I don't know what happens, but at least you got people voting. Not, not everything. Not everything should be that easy. That's the government. It should be easy. <laughs> they work for us. Uh, okay, I'm saying I. I want it in such a way that this is once every four years you get your fanny down the block. It just, unless you're out of town or whatever. And it, I mean, it, I mean it, it's, it, it strikes me that the biggest amount of absentee ballots comes from neighborhoods where people don't know what vacation is, mostly don't work, and yet they're all absent. Where are they? Well, it used to be, and it should be, that you didn't get an absentee ballot just because they asked for one. You had to really have a statement where you, you know, for this reason, you had to certify that you were unable you know, yeah. at least make that statement. Now I got mailings coming here, Tom. Just check out this box, and you'll always get a, you know, a mail-in yeah, ballot. Like, check it twice, you'll get two. <laughs> Which is silly. We know Precisely. how many voters there are. The computer can, the computers can run these checks in real time. I, mean, I hope you're not one of those guys that ever gets your your, your your machine hacked and all of a sudden your money flies out because you're in Bembo or Venbo or Bimbo or whatever. <laughs> the hell. The, uh, I'm just saying. There, there are the engineers who have done the payment processing and people like, you know, private, even Stripe and uh, PayPal, I think, was the first. But all the security involved in that is, is far superior. I would trust them, and I don't know. Yeah, I know people that have gotten hacked. Constantly. Right. But in the end, you get your money back. You They figure it out. Um, there's there's less fraud that's going to be, uh, especially if there's judges involved in, in seeing the access code or the source we have, code. We have a believer in the new world, John. No, this is the new world. Ah. They can either accept it or they can <laughs> not accept it and continue losing the trust of the public. Well, I still make the girl downstairs give me a check or cash. Well, I just wish there was some kind of balance on this time because... And, Greg, I think now we're being sort of schooled in the notion that in-person balloting is creaky, old-fashioned, capable of corruption, that we need to go to something that's more dependable, that's easier for everybody. And I think this will just make elections that are even less certain for people, and it's going to cause much more distrust in the system. So maybe this is exactly what they want, too. If, If Cook County could have an election where nobody showed up, except you know, the, the precinct workers themselves or the minions of, of candidate A, B, or C. Those would be perfect elections for Cook County. They really don't like elections that are, you know, depending on what the race is, that are, have wide participation unless they can control the result. But I think it, it's easier to control the result if you don't have in-person voting. All right, so what what's it going to do to the uh, market if anybody wins or the other guys win? I mean, I, 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 don't, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's... Uh, <coughs> So difficult that any kind of legislation passed. I'm not sure that. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, we've watched John. You've noticed that these fang stocks, the big, big leaders, 
have been getting their butts kicked. Other stocks that are more, let's say, more able to be in the in the inflation game are doing better. So the, the market averages are actually up, even though the fangs are down, which is kind of crazy. Um, you see a lot of shifting around here, but what do you, if the if anybody, if the Democrats surprise and stay 50-50 in the Senate, does that mean we go down up? If the Republicans get 53 people in, does that mean we go down up? I, I don't know how to trade this one. I honestly don't. Well, I, I do think that if we, if say the Republicans get 51, um, and I think they'll get more, but if they get 51 in the Senate, it will stop this ridiculous madness where we have Kamala Harris casting the deciding vote for, for junk legislation and keeping everybody on tenderhooks about whatever nutty scheme the Democrats are going to come up with next. I think this will have sort of a cooling effect on that, and that I would think it would make the markets more stable, ultimately. I can't say for sure. It isn't like there's, there's going to be any legislative turnaround. It just means that the Democrats aren't going to be able to do what they've been getting away with for the last two years. Well, I think that would be good for the market. They really haven't all. done all that much. And if you go back to uh, the last three or four times that the White House and both houses were controlled by one group was Bush had it, Obama had it. <clears throat> I'd say the results have been very disappointing all three times. I mean, they really haven't... I think it's, oh, yeah, it's not going to be a, a solution to anything if the Republicans take control. I think it's just going to mean you know, a temporary halt to what we've, we've been doing with the Inflation Reduction Act and the energy policy that just seems to be you know, we're in la-la land about it. I'd like to see some sobriety about this stuff, which we haven't had for the last two years. Well, it's, I mean, every, in terms of... nutcase idea seems to end up as law somehow. <laughs> well, it used to be that the mantra of the Republicans were, you could count on them being uh, better rec- in, in regards to spending than Democrats. Well, I'm going to say in the last 25 years, that's not the case. It's, I mean, it's driven by the spending, the government spending, and what the Fed does with interest rates. So, if, if, and at least for the S and P and the, the big stocks, I mean, they don't really care unless they're getting money from the government. So, well, that's true. I mean, we've had, we've got a, I think we have a, a massive economic problem here and how things are sort of shaping out and the concentration and I'd like to see some massive antitrust effort. Well. Republicans are not on board for that. If the John, government so starts sending checks to people, then I, well, I they are. Believe. They've always they've always sent checks to corporations, right? <laughs> I mean, in one way or the other. I mean, I guess what I'm saying, John, is this is the one time, maybe in my lifetime, where we, and I'm not lobbying for the Democrats to win, by the way, because they haven't done anything either. But I mean, the idea of of uh, the old adage that a, a, a gridlock. Washington is good for us, I think right now is maybe not right. No, and I think what, what you'll, you'll see too are retaliation impeachment actions against Biden and his family, which I think there should be, but I don't think it's going to be good maybe for the national mood, and it's not going to endear the Republicans to everybody in the country before they're through either. So I, I, I just think that there's so much accumulated bad will is going to cause a, you know, a rejection of the Democrats and maybe way that the Republicans will overplay their hand, as the Democrats have overplayed their hand, too. So I don't know if it means more progress or just more of the same old, same old. Well, I don't know if we need that necessarily. John, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Greg, talk to you next week. SP Futures now only up 7. NASDAQ Futures up 23. Be right back with Miss Nancy talking about mortgages. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Are you listening to me? Hello, and welcome Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Matt Byrne on the board. Greg, thank you very much. Talk to you uh, during the weekend next week. SP Peters up 775. We were up over 20. You know, we're leaking a little. NASDAQ up 24. Uh, well, let's get the Dow futures. Dow futures are we're up 93. We were up over 200 when we came in, so we're said we're we're still up, but we're uh, leaking. DAX up 108. It was more than that earlier. It's a 0.8 percent. FTSE down 19. It's 0.3 percent. CAC around up 13.2. So mixed to mostly up over in Europe. Asia up across the board. Nikkei up 327. 1.2. Shanghai up seven. A little bit there. 0.2 percent. But this Hang Seng has had a 200-point bounce from its 14.5 uh, low. It's up to 16.595. That's in like four days. Um, we'll see if that lasts or if it's a bear market rally or whatever that is, but it's it's certainly a lot better than it was at 14.5 if you're along the Hang Seng market. Uh, Friday, we had a big big update. Dow was up 401. S&P up 50. NASDAQ up 132. We have bonds uh, unchanged now at 4.16. They were down earlier. Now they're not. Uh, the bond minus 0.02 ticks to 2.27. 
Japan on change, 0.25. Um, oil, uh, down 59 cents, 92.02, above 90. Uh, Brent, down 55 cents, 98.02. Natural gas, up 65 cents, 705. So we went from 580 to 705 here in probably a week and a half. That's a big move. We've got gold, up 2 bucks, 16.78 did a big move on Friday. Silver down 5 cents, 20.73. Copper down 7 cents, 3.60. These guys are all up across the board on Friday pretty heavy. In fact, mm. copper was up, uh, I don't know, 3-4%. <clears throat> we have the U.S. dollar is uh, actually down some today. So the, the euro is 0.9986, so it's getting real close to breaking the buck. Uh, British pound, 1.14. Not as high as the 1.17 it was, but certainly way off the 104 low. And last but not least, we got Bitcoin down 462. We're still 20,724, comfortably over 20,000, uh, so not causing any issues there. Matt, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Good morning, currently 7.36 a.m. on Monday, November 7th, 2022. Traffic in Chicago looking fairly average this morning, though keep in mind on the Dan Ryan exit ramp 53B to the Stevenson is down to one lane for repairs. Repairs are needed due to a fire damage that occurred just a few weeks ago. Weather in downtown Chicago, we are currently at 40, 40 degrees. Today, expect a high of 55 and a low of 40. Uh, the sunrise was at 6.30 this morning. Sunny skies throughout the day. In Phoenix, clear skies. High of 80, low of 53. Currently, temperatures at 53 degrees. The MLB World Series was last, uh, j- j- just last weekend, uh, 2022. Astros vs. Phillies. Uh, game 6 on Saturday, November 5th. Astros won against Phillies 4-1. And Game 6 uh, won the World Series for the Houston Astros. Saturday in the NHL, Blackhawks lose to Jets 4-0. Capitals win against Coyotes 3-2. And of course in the NFL, Week 9 of the 2022 NFL season, Packers lose to Lions 9-15. Vikings win against Commanders 22-17. And the Bears played against Dolphins and lost a close game of 32-35. Bears stand at 3 wins and 6 losses this season. Tonight, Ravens play Saints in New Orleans. Saints add a win-loss of 3-5, Ravens 5-3. All for now, back to you, Chief. Do we have Nancy? We do indeed. Have Nancy, Nancy. Yes, you, you do. Nancy, you didn't. You didn't do the animal thing and uh, go down with your bears. No, I didn't. Uh, you know, I said they'd only win four games this season, and it was because they won one. I didn't expect, but they upped it from three to four. So well, my expectations are met. Oh yeah, <laughs> there, there you go. Um, so, how are you this fine day? Good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm hanging in there. The. Uh, uh, with little light, little light this morning. Still not light coming in like it is in the summertime, but mm-hmm. uh, a little better. The uh, um, have you, uh, you did you already vote? Are you, are you an early voter? We've been arguing about that for an hour. I early voted. I early voted, and I was shocked because I, when I went to City Hall, they asked for my name. They turned the whole computer around and said, "Is this you?" So of course, all the information's there, and I said yes, and I voted. Really. No ID, no no anything. Well, they 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 asked me for an ID last time uh, that I went only because somewhere in my last however many twenty years I've gotten very lazy. Uh, my signature when I first went there, I've been going to this place for twenty some years. My signature I used to write out Thomas, and now I've gotten lazy and just put Tom. So they were like, even mm-hmm. though it was the same writing, they said, "Well, gee, you've changed your signature." So they. Mm. They asked me to show them uh, my driver's license to where it says Tom on there, so then they said, okay, you can go. But they actually were somewhat attentive to me being somewhat lazy and, and changing it from Thomas to Tom somewhere along the line. So, anyway. 
Wow. Yeah. So, uh, what's going on in the uh, the mortgage world? Um, I'm kind of stunned that. Uh, well, well, before we go there. Okay. Before we go there, Notre Dame got ranked to twenty. Did you see it? Yeah. Well, they. Uh, yeah, they're. Nobody knows what to make of them because they've beat three ranked teams, which very few teams have. They beat North Carolina and Syracuse and now Clemson. Yet they've lost. Well, they lost Ohio State, who's obviously a ranked team. But they've lost to the two basically crap teams, Marshall and, and Stanford. So it's hard. Nobody really knows what to make them. They are getting better. So at the end of the year, I'm not so sure anybody would really want to play them. But they're not going to be. They're not going to be top ten or anything. So because now they have. Uh, what the hell do they have? They have. Uh, they got. Uh, is it? Well, they got Navy this week. Then they got somebody else, uh, Boston College, and then they got Southern Cal. So Southern Cal is ranked, I believe. So. If they went out, you know, it'll be, what, 15 or something? But they'll be a lot better than when they started, so I guess that part's good. Will they make it to a bowl game? Oh, it'll be a bowl game for sure, but they won't be, you know, it'll be the toilet bowl or something. It won't, it's not going to be a... I mean, it's not going to be... I like the same kind of bowl of bears they're going to make. Yeah, it's the same kind of bowl. The, uh, but, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're doing some stuff good and some stuff bad. It'd be, I think what going forward, Nance, it's going to be... I mean, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk this week with a couple of people about these these things that are now paying all these college kids, and I don't know how mm-hmm. much the Irish are gonna be into this transfer portal stuff. You know, where you just okay. I, I, I honestly believe. I mean, that unbeknownst to most football fans, I only knew this because 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 uh, Pete and Nigerian obviously knew a lot more about football than I did. So there there were actually several colleges that never gave a scholarship to a high school kid. They just they just got junior college transfers. It's like North Dakota State, and Idaho kidding. State. Yeah, I mean, they were you know Utah State. They were not teams that you know Notre Dame would normally play that I would see. But they never they never had a high school kid. Never, they they wanted no part of that recruiting. It sucked basically. I, I got to believe that there's going to be teams right now that say they're going to cut their high school recruiting class budget in half and say screw it. We're just going to get everybody from the portal. We don't want to be. I don't really sit in parents' living room telling me how much I really need their kid and how and how how much their kid means to us and the parents sucking it all up. I don't want any part of that. I don't want to be, you know, Gulfstream jets across the country. I'm just going to wait for people to declare not happy where they are. I'm going to pick them up and pay them. What are you going to do now? Grad school, nobody cares to go to school. They're just going to get paid. I didn't realize that. Yeah, nobody cares. So when, when is it starting? Oh, it's it's full board. That's why you see a lot of these teams getting a little more even this year. Everybody's got. And why why somebody like Alabama is struggling? Because they don't they can't stockpile. They still have a great team, but all of a sudden they don't have ninety people. Because if you're sitting on the bench, you say screw it, I'm gonna go start somewhere else. It's becoming a big equalizer. But I don't My think goodness, the Irish. I did not know this. Well, I mean the Irish are, are hacking along. I mean the starting quarterback who wasn't very good to start with got hurt. Then I get this kid playing, and he's you know he he's game. He's a good kid. You know. I got nothing but good things to say about him, but he's he's not an elite quarterback at that level. He's he's short, he's slow, mm-hmm. you know. So all of a sudden, right, what they should have done, there had to be five really good quarterbacks available in the transfer portal. They should just say, "I'm getting us a quarterback. I don't care what I have already," you know. I mean, and that's what that's what these other schools are doing. I mean, Marshall had like ten new people. That's why they beat the Irish. What they wouldn't last year, they never would have. It's it's a whole different. Okay. And I, now you can pay all these people. Or you can't. You can have your boosters pay them. You don't even have to pay them, which is even 
I mean, it's the worst thing that could happen in one man's opinion, economically, in my opinion. My opinion is a half-assed economist. There's only one thing worse than having these, well, I'm not so sure the colleges shouldn't pay people. They probably should since they're making so much money. But now the colleges aren't going to pay them. Other people are going to pay them. How would, you, how would you like it if you had an office of, of mortgage people and other people were paying the people that supposedly work for you? I mean, that wouldn't work. That is bizarre. No. Yeah, well, that's what's going to happen here. The booster club is is paying your nephew. Yet he's got to he's got to play for Illinois. He's got to play for Notre Dame. And well, where does that put the coach? Where does that put the university? I mean, is the kid going to pay taxes? Are they going to come get him for not paying his taxes? Or is is my donation to one of these booster groups? Is that a, is that tax free? Why would it be? There's all kinds of stuff going on here. It'll be interesting. This next few years are going to be very interesting. As you can tell, Nance loves sports. So would you wish you at the Bear yeah, game? Yeah, I do. Did you wish you at the Bear game with all that wind and stuff? I always wish I go to have been at least to one Bear game just to experience the whole thing, but that's a wish. Maybe get, I don't see it coming through anytime soon. So. Well, I used to sit on the side we'll with the great unwashed. Would you, you'd you want to be on the good side, though, not with the unwashed. Well, it, it was a beautiful day yesterday. Whether you, I mean, it was a gorgeous day, so... Yep. Wasn't too hot, wasn't too cold. Yeah, a little windy, but so what? I mean, for a November game, it was pretty good. Yeah, I've been, what? I've been to some November yeah. night games. The only sad part was a quarter to five. I walked out. I was saw uh, Wicked yesterday. I walked outside and I said, oh, God, it's Yeah. Yeah. So disappointing. All right, so we got to talk about some mortgages. No what, what's, what's going on? How, how okay, come, mortgages. How come the banks aren't paying any interest while they're charging people seven and a half for a mortgage? Because they want to save the money for themselves. Well, that's that's the truth. So what what what's the status what, what's the status of the industry and what's the status of people that started to look for a house a year ago and now the mortgage rates have doubled? Where where, where are they where do they sit? Well, they they've been, the people that if they started a year ago they've heard it a thousand times that you much better off you know finding something and get going because you're going to run into the issue they're running into right now. And, of course, you know, a rate at 4%, payment at 4% is totally different when it's at 7 to 8. So um, I would imagine they're quite unhappy because it was predicted that home prices were going to fall, but they have not. Um, what's, what's, not what, I'll ask so you a question. What's causing, disappointed. Well, what's causing the delay there? Because we know they're going to come down. If the if the rates stay here, because they I mean economically they just have to. But why is it a shortage of them? There's only not that many people in the market. Is it is it people can't really? I think that people are not going to. I think that it's going to be the shortage issue. Is that um, the builders couldn't keep up with the infla- inflation? They couldn't get pricing, so they couldn't deliver. And then people uh, wanting to possibly thinking about selling or trading up or whatever issue you know you have. Um, they're not leaving because their payment's going to go substantially up. Who wants to leave a 3% or 2.5% or 3.5% mortgage to go to 7 or 8? What's the tab for somebody I mean, who was, was thinking about has a three-bedroom house, has another kid or another dog or something, and decides, well, I really need a four-bedroom house. Uh, that used to be somewhat of an easy trade. Well, now, if he's at 3.5 and the new one's at 7.5, it's not an easy trade. What... What can he get, he or she, or the, the both of them, what can they get on the remodel market to say maybe we should just add another bedroom to our place or something? 
Can they, what, what is, are those loans? Oh, lines, lines of credit are going crazy, and the banks do those, and they are just absolutely um, going crazy. I mean, the, the people that under, in banks, people that underwrite mortgages, um, usually in order, when mortgages get full, they, they have, they transfer those people into a home equity line of credit, and they're all very busy. So I'm not the first person who's so, thought of this. No, no, oh no. No, and plus they'll go past 80%. Some some banks will go 90. So somebody's going to have his, so, his mm-hmm. mortgage at three and a half and his his home line of credit's going to be at what, nine, eight? Oh, their home equity line of credit is going to be floating for six months. All right. And they only have to pay interest. Right, so a lot so of that's going on, as you're saying. Instead of, honey, we need a house with a garage, we're going to build a garage because we can't afford the new house. Correct. I mean, it, it's that's why when this stuff happens, I mean, no, nobody knows this better than you and Audrey. Is it when you enter, when you screw up this market? I mean, the, the rent should the, the rate should never have been three, which means the housing prices, the mean, should never have been four hundred. If the rate was five all along, or five and a half, those rates would have been, or the prices would have been three and a quarter, like they probably should have been. But now when you disrupt the situation, now you've got a whole generation that can't move. I mean, you've, you've just screwed people up again by running up these prices up and down like this for about the third time in my lifetime. And, we, and every time you swear that they're never going to do it again, and yet they do, Nance. Why, why are they so incompetent, are, are people we elect? That was a big question. I, I, I don't even know where to begin to answer that. Because it's just, I mean, aren't you frustrated? We've, we've already been down this road. We've already learned this lesson, and we went right ahead and did it again. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, fortunately, we're not up to, where did they tap out in the 80s? You're too young for that. But, I mean, I, I think I, I think. No, I'm not. Uh, they topped out around 13. No, they topped out in 16, 17. I know somebody who paid 17. Well, but you didn't. The only good news well, is you didn't pay much for the house in those days. You you did relative to you know what what the salaries were, but it it just doesn't seem like it was as insurmountable as it is now. No, I mean because I mean, there's so many people at minimum. I mean, what is minimum wage? Ten dollars an hour now, or fifteen, or. I think it's pushing fifteen in some places. The state's probably still like well, so. Matt, Matt, look that up. What's the Illinois yeah, minimum so wage? Minimum. Mm. Let's look it up. Yeah, Matt, Matt minimum wage was created not to be a. Um, it was created so people could always work for some amount part, and it was more for part time. And now they're trying to make minimum wage a full time salary. You know, and that's because I, I don't know every place you go you see help on a sign but you still see people there they can't find jobs so this, according to it, the it's Illinois conf- it's confusing mm-hmm. it's very confusing this is according to the Illinois Department of Labor uh, the, the actual website uh, beginning January 1st 2022 guarantees a minimum wage of $12 per hour for workers 18 years of age and older so if I was going to be a cynic Nance which God you would never accuse me of that right the, you want to keep your minimum wage essentially below the market rate so every couple of years, you can raise it, make a big stink as a politician, and not really do anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because right now, I think you and I both know that the going rate for anybody is probably 15. So for the, go- right. the minimum wage to be 12, okay. I guess they can raise it to 13. It's still not going to do any good. 
we're not going to now if you raise it to 20 way above the market rate it, people can't pay it so you're going you're to cause people to lose people it's it, it, it it's a whole kind of a joke to me the whole idea of a minimum wage but anyway because it if, if you're if it's right where it ought to be the market wage is already there right it's like saying like you know so it doesn't really I think a lot of the help wanted signs are people are looking for people at twelve dollars an hour and if somebody walks by and says I'll, I'll work for twelve they'll take them but they they're, they're not like we'll help wanted twenty bucks an hour you don't see those a couple no. of places you don't no no you do not and you know some of these prices are up so much that they ought to be able to pay some people a little bit too. I mean, restaurant meals, really? I mean, uh, come on. You ought to be able to pay your pizza makers at forty bucks a pizza. You ought to be able to pay them a little more than minimum wage. One would hope. Yeah, pizza cost of pizza has really gone up. Mm. I mean, I don't know how much. Uh, Amazing. Hanging around, you've been doing downtown, but any any place now, wherever you are, you know, a couple glasses of wine as a sandwich, you're lucky to get out of there for less than thirty-five, forty bucks. Oh yeah. You know, and then if you had a park, that's another ten. You know, there's no such no such thing as a cheap evening. Who was it was telling us? Uh, yeah. Was it somebody? Um, wasn't it Audrey's the other night? It was somebody was telling me that they went to they did something. I don't know if they had to the doctor or whatever. They were leaving, and it was too late to go to a regular restaurant, so they pulled into McDonald's. They went through the drive-through, and the kids had a couple of Happy Meals, and the guy had a couple of burgers and a Coke and some fries. Sixty-two bucks. <laughs> McDonald's. Well, there's that, that happened to my sister-in-law. She went to Culver's and got three, um, you know, what three piece tenders mm-hmm. and um, the meal, and um, for herself and the grandkids. And she figured they could split them up. And she said it was thirty-four dollars. Yeah, it's and I, I mean, you could buy a whole pizza for that. For I mean. Couple years ago, for fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 going it's going light years. Oh yeah, I think a lot. You know, I don't know what's causing it, but what? Where do you where do you think we land? You know, th- three years. I mean, there's there's no way the prices are going to stay at four something if the rates stay here when they used to be three. I mean, I don't I don't know how anybody. The, most of the population just can't pay that. Dance. I mean, it, there's just no way. I mean, what's the, what's the mortgage in? It's seven and a half. What's you can probably do this on the top of your head. What's the mortgage on three fifty? It's got to be what three grand a month, twenty eight hundred. It's a lot of dough. The taxes are. And Tom, it's not the it's not the payment. It's the taxes. I mean, taxes are are crazy. You get six seven hundred dollars. you know six seven. And the average taxes now are. Six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah. The, the, I mean, even if the payment's like $1,600, so it's $2,400, and then you figure $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100
the other person stayed home and did the economic job of raising the family, which is a real job, you know. Uh, obviously, you didn't need uh, something that's you didn't need, you know, uh, people watching the kids and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, you know, being a, a housewife or husband and taking care of two and three kids, it's not like it's an economic zero. It's a real, it's a big number job. Well, the flip side is, okay, now we have two people working. And now it was you or somebody else was telling me, now the phenomenon is two people working and maybe the guy doing taxes for other people on Saturday or doing something. There's, it's almost like it's a two and a half job thing. To, to be able to, are you seeing that with some of your your people that are uh, applying for jobs that not only they're both working, they they got a side hustle on top of it. They've got a side hustle, yes. So it's and that's just to save money for the kids to go to college. I mean, they, like you're saying, this is just extra money we're trying to bring in so we can do something. You know, to have some money for a rainy day or their whatever. All right, I've got a 30-year fix. In other words, they're saying it takes two full salaries just to run their house, and they have no money left over, and it's just they're barely scraping it. Right. And, you know, the idea when Audrey talks about people want move-in condition, your your first blush is to say, all right, these kids are lazy, they don't want to do anything. The fact is they don't have any money left to do anything. Is that fair? Yeah. There's, but there's no way that they want... Absolutely. A house already is landscaped and it already has a fence because guess what? They don't have the five grand for the fence because they're putting every dime that's in the correct. house. So it's not a question of, I mean, somebody might be lazy on top of that, but that's not the reason. They just don't have any money. I've no. got a, a three hundred fifty. They don't have any extra money to put into it. A th- three hundred fifty thousand dollar loan. More money to fix it up. Yeah, a three fifty loan and it's at seven point eight is twenty five twenty nine a month. So you're right. Just be add another eight hundred taxes. Had another hundred and fifty, hundred for insurance. You're talking, you're pushing thirty six hundred hours, kind of after tax. Not to mention you got heat and water and everything else. It's a big deal. Well, it is. It's a big, they're big numbers. And God help you if your air conditioning goes out, which used to be two grand, it's now five, right? Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, yeah, you know what? I do know it is. It is that expensive. I can't. I can't so get over. So you've got all these little things that'll. I mean, one little domino falls out, and they just all start falling down. Well, I mean, if you, I had, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't, uh, didn't have to put a roof on my home in Beverly, thank God, because it was slate. Uh, but I had no idea that people, in a, in a nice home now, I mean, a, you know, big ranch or something, that a, that a, that a roof is like seventy five, eighty grand. I, I mean, I never. Even even I who've been in the construction business, you know, off and on my whole life, and I like to keep at least current. I'm not constructing anything now or having for a while, but the idea that, that, a, that a nice roof is, or a, a premium roof is like 80 grand, wh- where does that come out of the savings? Well, the, that's, the premium roofs would be the, um, they're not, well, I don't know what a slate roof would even be, but those are the ones that are really, um, oh, God, they're, the premium shingles, but yeah. I mean, the average person only has like the, the you know uh, regular shingles, and, and that's probably more like somewhere between ten and twenty. But you got to remember those premium roofs; yet they won't burn or anything like that, and they last forever. Where you know the average person can't afford that at all. That's a premium home. But I mean, your your kids so. that are buying a house, like maybe in Audrey's area, 
if you were to ask them when they buy the house, by the way, if you have to replace that roof, what do you think it is? I don't think the number would be 80 out of the kid's mouth. It wouldn't be out of mine. <laughs> oh, my goodness, no, 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 no. I was shocked at what roof in that area um, cost. But they had the, um, the, wood, the wood shingles, and now they have these, even something past better than that. And I, that's why they're so expensive, I guess. Well, real quick, I, what we're talking about in, in Audrey's area, they had kind of a localized hailstorm. So a real lot of people have had to get new roofs because they busted up the old roofs. And the average in the area doesn't allow you to put your basic, your basic, you know, shingle roof up there, plus they'd look horrible in those homes. The average price is what? 80, 90, 100 grand. That's a real number. Correct. Correct. What kind of shingles are those? Um, I I don't even know. There's some kind of... They were cedar shake, and yeah. now they're they're the shake shingles, and now they're um, some hoop super hybrid type more of thing. Expensive than that. Well, they look like the last. But it more. is very expensive. Yeah. So what? Uh, are you, so you got? Are you? Uh, um, we have to get you a bear game, but I'm only going if there's a skybox. <laughs> At least one. I'm going oh to. Sky, it's got to be a skybox. Because mm. I understand a skybox is just still regular tickets. I want a regular ticket. I don't want to put an app on my phone that they can hack into. You know, just me. I did put a bear. I did. I did take a tour of the stadium, and, it, and the skyboxes are just absolutely awesome. Oh God, yeah. If ever, if ever you're hanging around I Dallas, really awesome. if ever you're hanging around Dallas, not that you hang around Dallas much, you really got to go get a tour of that stadium. It is unreal. The Dallas stadium. Really? Guess how many skyboxes? Even some of them are low boxes. Guess how many of those they have? Eighty. It's like three fifty or three twenty. Wow. The whole bottom, oh the whole bottom row, those little dugout things you see, you get the first four rows mm-hmm. up top, but then you can duck down anytime you want to go down and have a sandwich and get a beer. <laughs> you get the bottom, you get a little like oh my clubhouse, and you get the first four rows. That's pretty neat. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> SP oh Futures up twelve. That is really nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can do that. SP Futures up thirty-seven. Nance, thank you. Talk to you in a bit. Uh, Matt, thank you very much. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. HomeSource Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. The one constant through all the years has been baseball.